Hi guys, this is FJ back once again with a short episode of my podcast. So, we are going to start today's podcast by talking a little bit about Pakistan. You see there's a lot of stuff um, that is currently going on in Pakistan. Mr. Imran Khan, Pakistan's prime minister, um who is in my opinion um the worst prime minister that Pakistan has ever seen uh in its entire history. Um so Mr. Imran Khan, he uh, recently gave an interview to Al Jazeera and um he said a lot of stuff uh, in that interview obviously some of that stuff was basically hilarious um like him saying that there is um complete freedom of speech in Pakistan um there are minority rights in Pakistan i mean that those um you know those jokes are obviously um you know um i mean i i personally appreciate um those jokes um because uh, you know you need to tell uh, a few jokes you know um in one of these uh, rather serious interviews so um i i do appreciate those jokes but um you know overall i would uh, recommend uh, you guys to go and uh, you know watch that interview um so that uh, you could enjoy the same things that i enjoyed when i watched it um and uh, other than that you know there's uh, there's a scandal um that recently took place in pakistan is still uh, kind of ongoing uh that scandal was about um <clears throat> retired uh, general asim bajwa of pakistani military um he has uh, in the past uh, served as the spokesperson of pakistani military um he's currently um well he was enjoying two um i think he is still enjoying two um two different um positions he um he's uh, serving as um an advisor to um Pakistan's uh, Osama bin Laden um Osama bin Laden loving you know um prime minister Imran Khan um and he is also the chairman of uh, CPAC authority the China Pakistan economic corridor right so um <clears throat> last i checked he he tried to resign and that resignation was rejected which is obviously um this this is obviously a drama uh, nothing more than that we all know that um you know uh, because um uh, mr asim bajwa you know he was handpicked um not just by the pakistani government but by mr imran khan and uh, the current army chief of pakistani military um general bajwa so he was handpicked for uh, the role of uh, uh, chairman of uh, cpac authority so <clears throat> obviously they are not uh, going to want to you know let him go this easily um over this scandal um and you know for those who don't know the scandal was basically over corruption and um <clears throat> you know i've said this before i'll say it again that you know pakistanis really need to stop treating their military as uh, you know some kind of um <clears throat> you know um some kind of moral authority or you know some kind of uh, uh institution that is uh, you know that is just like completely different from the rest of pakistan it's it's not that obviously um uh, you know yeah pakistani military is obviously the most competent uh, institution in pakistan there is no doubt about that and uh, is also probably um, you know um, the most uh, you would say um, i mean it's 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 better than all the other institutions when it comes to um you know <clears throat> 
levels of um, you know uh, the the degree of corruption right um, or um, <clears throat> I mean it is it is overall a, a much better institution as as opposed to all other institutions in in Pakistan um, but uh, at the same time uh, it is it is a part of Pakistan right it it, 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 it is basically uh, comprised of Pakistanis right in, in the Pakistani military um, all of the you know all of those uh, soldiers those those generals those uh, those brigadiers all those people they're all Pakistanis right they're not Italians they're not French they're not Americans right they're not Arabs they're Pakistanis so if you have a country uh, you know which has these uh, societal um, you know evils such as corruption I mean anybody who knows anything about Pakistan would know that you know there's a there's a lot of corruption in Pakistan right so how can it be that the whole country is corrupt except uh, the military the military is, is somehow supposed to be you know immune to corruption and that's that's now how you know that's not how real work uh, real world works okay so <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, if you have a corruption problem on a national level, then you know it's 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 inevitable that your military is also going to have um, those uh, you know those germs of corruption uh, crawl into it, and so that's exactly what has happened, you know, um, and. Uh, so now it appears because I, I said, you know, in one of my podcasts in the past that I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Mr. Asim Bajwa. But the way that this whole thing has turned out, um, it very much appears to be something fishy. Like there is something fishy going on. Um, not everything appears to be, you know, legit. Let me just say that. <clears throat> the way um there has been um you know a huge break of like outrage in pakistan the way um you know there there have been multiple campaigns against this journalist who wrote this story and um, you know they tried to connect him with india they tried to connect him with this particular retired indian major um, who you know? Who who spoke of um, uh, alleged uh, corruption of uh, Mr. Asim Bajwa and his family in the past in one of his uh, YouTube uh, videos? Um, and so these Pakistani propagandists, uh, you know, they um, they tried to connect this Pakistani journalist with that Indian retired major, and they said that you know he's he's working with that Indian um, retired major, and you know this is this is an Indian. Um, uh, conspiracy and so on <clears throat> but whatever it is the fact of the matter is that the journalist gave evidence he 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 appears to have all the required necessary documents which can be presented in a court of law and uh, that story is actually a very well researched story and Pakistani state propagandists uh, that includes uh, many journalists in Pakistan because obviously um, you should know that um, 
very recently in the last two to three years, um, there has been a huge uh, change in the Pakistani media. Um, many, many reporters and journalists and anchors who were critical, um, who were you know critical of the military, who were critical of the establishment, they have been uh, kicked out. Basically, some of them are now basically restricted to YouTube. They are they are doing their YouTube shows, and that's about it. And uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, and and they have been replaced by these very very pro establishment and very very pro uh, military uh, kind of propagandists. I mean, it would be a shame to even call them journalists because they are not journalists, right? They are state propagandists. And um, uh, so, uh, you know, this is what, what, what has been going on. So um, the Pakistani state propagandists, which includes, uh, you know, these, these uh, journalists, so-called journalists, they, they, you know, they tried to smear this um, journalist, Ahmad Narani, um, who did this story on Asim Bajwa and uh, they, they, they tried to basically pull off everything they could. Um, they connected him you know, to India, they, um, he received uh, tons and tons of death threats and um, I mean a whole uh, coordinated campaign was run against him. But the thing is that you know, that one story, it basically um, did, did what it was supposed to do. It, 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 it completely exposed um, you know, that, um, I mean the reality. Uh, you know, and the reality is that um, corruption is, is is a national problem in Pakistan, and nobody, no institution is immune to that corruption, not even the military. And like I was saying, I said in one of my podcasts that you know I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm still kind of you know giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I am now leaning towards thinking that maybe there is something fishy going on because if you have done nothing wrong if your family has done nothing wrong and uh, you know if if you've had a perfect uh, spotless military career why would the state uh, launch this propaganda campaign to defend you and to smear that one journalist so um, I mean, that does not make any sense to me, you know, um, if, 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 if it's me, right? I mean, if, if I have done nothing wrong and if, if I have these businesses and if I can prove the money trail, if I, if I can prove, uh, you know, my source of income um, and my source of investments, whatever I've made uh, into that business, if, if I am legit, if my businesses are legit, I would have absolutely no problem in, uh, you know, immediately defending myself that's the first thing i'm going to do the second thing i'm going to do is to sue that journalist you know whoever wrote the story and the third thing uh, would be that the state will not be uh, running a coordinated propaganda campaign against uh, the journalist right uh, why does the state need to do that if if there is no corruption if there is no um, illegal dealings of any kind then why is it that the Pakistani state has, you know, um, you know, told its propagandists, um, and, and let me tell you, a lot of these propagandists are actually unpaid employees of the Pakistani state. They don't get anything, okay? 
if if somebody thinks that they're actually getting like millions in like rupees or dollars whatever that's not true at all i mean sure like you know they probably get some favors here and there but apart from that it's just pretty much nothing that they're getting you know for all this propaganda that they do so uh, these are basically unpaid employees of the pakistani state and so so why were these people uh, told to go after this one journalist why were these coordinated campaigns online social media campaigns as well as tv media campaigns run against uh, run against this um, particular journalist ahmad narani okay now look i don't agree with that journalist all the time i don't even follow him on twitter um and uh, you know i mean i i don't really agree with his politics or whatever but i want to stand with the truth right and the truth right now at least we know what the truth is the truth is that corruption is a national problem in pakistan okay and if the whole pakistani society is basically you know uh, not immune to to this evil of corruption how can you possibly expect your military to be immune from that right that's not possible because they are comprised of the same pakistanis right so this should not be surprising to anyone but like i said i'm leaning towards thinking that maybe there is something fishy going on maybe maybe something did happen maybe something illegal did happen or maybe something that you know that makes mr asim bajwa you know fear for his reputation <clears throat> he recently came up with a response which was fine for a response it was okay but it did not contain a lot of things that i was expecting to you know hear from him and uh, he actually did not deny any of the findings of that uh, journalist you know i mean there were these pakistani state propagandists you know even on the tv media i, I saw them I, i heard them say this that and this was like a day or two ago a day or two ago um you know before before mr asim bajwa you know gave his uh statement it was before that um and i heard these people say that um you know this whole story is 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 based on lies and you know it's not true and you know they were saying basically that you know this story is a bunch of bullshit that that that's what they said but obviously that's not the case because mr asim bajwa he did not deny any of those uh, things and um he basically defended his family that's that's pretty much what he did and uh, so again i'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt but i'm leaning towards thinking that maybe there is something wrong maybe something illegal did took you know take place and um the last i checked he 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 gave his resignation which was rejected by the pakistani pm and we all know that it's uh, you know it's, it's it's a circus that's what it is nobody actually believes this thing you know um everybody knows that you know he was hand picked by the pm and by the uh, army chief and they don't want him to go that's it i mean nobody really believes that they did not know what was going on with his family and his family businesses okay um so if if they still hand picked him for this role then you know they will probably obviously defend him so so anyway the point is that if he does not resign then uh, it's not just going to impact look people are look you can't stop people from talking okay that's one thing that pakistan establishment needs to understand 
you can't stop people from talking you can't stop people from making jokes so people are now making jokes and like tons of jokes there have been memes internet memes tons of jokes about papa john's which is somehow linked to mr asim bajwa's family um and their businesses and people have been making all these jokes like all kinds of jokes and some of them you know they are actually very insulting towards the military itself okay so mr asim bajwa has basically he and his family they have turned uh, you know into a joke exactly okay so if he is not going to resign and if he is going to stay as the chairman of cpac authority then i'm afraid to say that it's not only going to impact him and his family look his reputation is already ruined okay people are already out there making fun of him and basically his his reputation is tarnished no matter what he does from uh, you know uh, this point onward his reputation is gone that's one thing secondly if he does not resign as the chairman of cpac authority it's not only going to impact uh, the pakistani military right because like i said everybody knows that he was hang, uh, hand picked right but it is also going to impact cpac itself and it's also going to probably impact the china pakistan relationship look because there is no clarity there is no transparency when it comes to cpac okay um most of the agreements they have not been disclosed to the public so when you have such a person uh, as the chairman of cpac authority um and uh, you know let's suppose in the coming uh, months or weeks or whatever there is another scandal something related to cpac or you know something like that so when you have such a person leading such a sensitive institution as as the cpac authority um people are going to ask questions because like i said a lot of details most of the details about cpac are actually not you know they, they have been uh, not disclosed to the public so and that is because china does not want it to be disclosed to the public so you know it's it's going to hurt cpac it's going to hurt china pakistan relationship right um and so this is why i think he should resign that's my personal opinion if he does not resign then you know that's pakistan's loss i don't care but you know i i personally think that he he should resign i mean because that's the only way that he could probably um you know save whatever has not been destroyed yet his reputation is gone like i said his reputation is gone when you have tons and tons of people making fun of you online you know your reputation is gone so whatever is left to salvage they should salvage that and if they don't do that if they you know they continue to show their stubbornness uh, about this thing then i am afraid that there are going to be more uh, problems there's going to be a lot of more criticism and you can't you can't make everyone shut up you can you can employ censorship within pakistan but you know when it comes to people living outside of pakistan who's going to stop them you can't stop them so and you can't even stop uh, pakistanis uh, who are living in pakistan by the way uh, there's no way to stop them you might um, you know you might uh, find uh, a way to um, maybe uh, you know curb their voices online in some way but that discussion will just uh, you know continue on uh, different other you know uh, 
platforms. If you employ censorship on Twitter or YouTube, the discussion will simply shift towards some other platform like, I don't know, WhatsApp. Um, people will keep on discussing, that's the point. Even if they have to discuss it in their private uh, rooms, in their bedrooms, in their lounge, whatever, the discussion will continue, okay? So you can't stop uh, this, the discussion. So yeah, let's see where this goes. One last thing that I really want to talk about um, Pakistan before we move on to other stuff. Um, you see, um, recently there has been a very um, alarming rise in sectarianism in Pakistan. Um, and um, we are seeing this, uh, this, this whole new um, element of uh, sectarianism and uh, well it really um, took an alarming turn around uh, 9th and 10th of uh, Muharram um, and for those who don't know Muharram is um, the first month of uh, Islamic uh, history calendar okay so so like I was saying that uh, this um, sectarianism obviously was uh, you know being observed uh, by myself and other analysts you know who work on this um, we've been observing uh, a rise in sectarianism in Pakistan in the last uh, two to three months at least um, there has been a you know a very alarming rise in uh, blasphemy cases which are being filed uh, Muslims uh, filing uh, these cases against other Muslims But now, um, you know, since uh, Muharram began, and uh, you know, uh, we are seeing this uh, very, very disturbing trend in Pakistan um, that has been started against uh, the Shia community, and uh, the the real religious differences between these two sects, uh, Sunnis and Shias. Um, those differences are basically, you know, um, oozing out. Okay, um, the thing is that Pakistan has survived. Uh, well, not exactly survived, but um, you know, you can we could probably argue that Pakistan has not seen the kind of sectarian violence that we have observed in Iraq or uh, Syria, right? But uh, yeah, there has been. A lot of sectarian violence even in Pakistan in the past um, I mean how could we forget those um, suicide bombings that used to take place in Quetta um, and in other places of Pakistan which used to target Shia community right so so that has been there but largely Pakistan has avoided a full-blown sectarian conflict right you guys would probably agree with me on that um, and um, it was really, uh, you know, it was really a surprise um, for many people um, to, uh, you know, to, to see um, Pakistan surviving a larger uh, sectarian conflict. But now, um, you know, there are sectarian tensions in Pakistan and uh, it appears to me that um, there is... A sectarian conflict brewing in Pakistan at the moment. 
um, and this would be a homegrown sectarian conflict by the way it has nothing to do with iran versus saudi proxy war or the, the cold war between them okay this would be an entirely homegrown thing and this would be entirely based on the core differences between the sects of sunnis and shiites okay look shias do not revere or they do not um honor some personalities who are honored by sunnis right and these are mostly the early caliphs okay um and some other personalities okay so shias are very critical of these people from islamic history while sunnis they call them sahaba and uh, <clears throat> there's even a group um um, a banned terrorist group in Pakistan, a Sunni terrorist group named Sipai Sahaba. That uh, literally means in English, um, soldiers of Sahaba, right? Um, and like I said, um, these people who are not basically honored by the Shias, um, they are essentially Sahabas, okay? Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So, this conflict uh, that appears to be brewing in Pakistan um, obviously this would be a homegrown thing okay and uh, this is happening in a country which is which is overdosed on religion which is which is literally overdosed on religion and it's not just one sect everyone doesn't matter which sect you belong to uh, they're overdosed on religion <clears throat> so um there have been a lot of incidents uh, including online hate campaigns um in the past uh, few weeks in pakistan um which which have been sectarian in nature <clears throat> there have been physical attacks as well there have been right you know riots um which were quickly contained <clears throat> for now pakistani state appears to be successful <clears throat> in dealing <clears throat> with this whole thing but uh, you know and let's hope that it, it remains successful but what i fear is that <clears throat> since this is a homegrown thing right before in the past pakistan managed to survive the sectarian conflict um, largely because of its uh, good relations between uh, you know with with saudis and as well as with iran right but since this is going to be a homegrown thing, <clears throat> and this would be based entirely on religious differences, core religious differences, look, you cannot make most Shia people honor these people, okay? They do not honor them, and they will not honor them, okay? Uh, for them, they are the villains, okay? And for Sunnis, these same people are the heroes, okay? So it's not it's not something that these people are not like arguing over something trivial, like one of one of these sects Sunnis are I don't know on the South Pole and the Shias are on the North Pole. Like there's that kind of difference between them on this particular stuff. So, like I said, this is this is going to be a homegrown thing, and if Pakistani state um, fails to um, you know. Yeah, so if Pakistani state fails to um, tackle this problem head on, then I'm afraid that um, this could uh, this could uh, turn very ugly, actually. 
like I said, there have already been uh, several incidents. Some of them, they were not even reported on social media or by the Pakistani media. Well, Pakistani media does not really report sectarian, um, you know, uh, sectarian violence in a way which it should. And that's just because they're afraid that it will um, further fan the sectarian hatred. Um, so people obviously, uh, many people do not know, who, many people who rely on the coverage of Pakistani media, they do not know what's going on. They get to know about this stuff through WhatsApp videos, through through Twitter, through Facebook. <clears throat> so the point is that if, if Pakistani state fails to um, contain this um, whole sectarian hatred thingy, um, you know, it's, it's going to cause a lot of problems for Pakistan. Um, and um, let's just hope that, you know, uh, Pakistan is able to contain this, this uh, sectarian uh, issue. Anyway, um, lastly, just want to talk about um, what recently happened. Well, what latestly happened um, was that um, Serbia announced that it is going to uh, move its uh, embassy to Jerusalem, uh, its, its embassy in Israel. And uh, the Muslim-majority nation of Kosovo, um, <clears throat> they announced that they're going to uh, recognize Israel and establish diplomatic relationship with them. So this is just another country, Kosovo. Um, obviously, it's not based in the Middle East, but it is contributing to uh, Middle Eastern peace by um, extending a hand of friendship uh, towards Israel. And uh, this is this is a very good thing, uh, not just for again, not just for the Middle East region, but also for global peace. And I've said this before. Um, look, Israel-Palestine conflict has received. Um, probably the most attention that any conflict has ever received in the history of mankind okay <clears throat> it has received the most attention and some might argue that um, it should not have received all that attention because there were other conflicts that were going on which have caused uh, a lot more death and destruction for example look at the war in Syria nobody talks about the war in Syria uh, even though millions and millions have been killed in Syria and displaced as well. But nobody wants to talk about that because apparently there are no Jews. And since there are no Jews, there should be no news. That's that's the logic that appears to be you know employed in these cases. Um, so, uh, like I said, uh, many would argue, and I'm obviously one of those people... Um, who will say that um, this this conflict between Israel and Palestinians it has received uh, um, uh, a lot of attention, a lot of undue attention, uh, you know, undeserved attention. Um, if if some of that attention um, was uh, directed towards uh, other conflicts, maybe you know we could have saved about a million people or something. Um, but unfortunately, um, since uh, you know Israel is a Jewish country, since Jews are involved in this conflict with the, between Palestinians and Israel, you know it gets uh, all the attention, right? Um, even a picture um, coming from West Bank uh, makes it uh, to the breaking news, to to the headlines on on right Reuters and um, NBC and you know CNN and BBC and all these news outlets. So. To me, it, it appears that um, it is a lot of undeserved attention, right? Um, but um, the good thing is that, uh, you know, attitudes are changing. Um, there are a lot of countries in the Muslim world. In fact, almost all the countries in the Muslim world, like, with a with couple of exceptions, 
they have um, ties they have ties with israel in in one way or the other um and uh, those countries which do have ties with israel but they do not have uh, diplomatic relations with israel um a lot of those countries are now willing to uh, recognize israel and open uh, embassies you know so um it's a very good thing and it should be appreciated obviously kosovo uh, you know did the right thing um they did a, you know they did the right thing they took a bold step just like uh, the uae and um uh, they contributed uh, in their own way towards uh, peace in the middle east region so um this is a very good thing that is happening um and uh, we can expect more muslim majority countries in the future in the near future actually to um follow the same direction and uh, take uh, you know uh, similar steps uh, to uh, not just benefit themselves uh, for, you know obviously these steps are in the national interest of these countries right um ue is going to benefit a lot with its uh, relations with israel and israel is going to benefit a lot with its uh, relationship with the uae um, so it's it's obviously it's also based uh, you know on on national interests but uh, at the same time uh, it is also going to contribute to peace it is also going to uh, help change uh, attitudes of other people uh towards this thing uh because uh, there are a lot of people um and when i say people i mean heads of states um who are afraid of taking this step uh, because they're afraid of their own public and that's just a shame that's so sad you know being afraid of your own public um but so yeah those those leaders now um, you know they would be encouraged to uh, to take similar steps right I mean a lot of people um claimed uh, you know when UAE uh, reached this deal with Israel a lot of people claimed that you know UAE will be destroyed UAE will see terrorist attacks and you know stuff like that um the world will collapse you know the sky will fall and you know but nothing happened you know nothing happened um, and and nothing will happen so um, you know uh, I I really hope that um you know other countries other muslim majority countries also see the light and they also take this a uh, progressive step towards peace uh towards regional stability and uh, because look middle east right now needs some stability middle east needs um uh economic stability uh, as well as political stability and uh, that could only t- you know happen that could only uh, be made possible um not just by one country but by regional cooperation okay between uh, several countries and israel is, is is a very important part of middle east you cannot ignore israel nobody can say that yeah you can ignore israel okay especially if you are in the middle east so you cannot ignore israel israel is the probably the most important player in the middle east right now so um so yeah this is this is a very good thing and obviously there are those people you know who who are who are basically um shedding you know this this whole flood of tears and um interestingly some of those people are actually so called human rights activists um and um they are obviously not very happy about this because this basically uh, bulldozes their whole narrative of of you know um israel being the so called oppressor of arabs you know now you have arab countries you know who are willing to embrace israel because israel has done them no harm okay so um 
yeah i mean let these people so called human rights activists so called peace activists you know all these all these um uh, actors i call them actors because they are actors um their whole business model is based on acting so um let them let them uh, you know uh, scratch and crawl and you know scream and whine about it that's okay um that's pretty much their future uh, from onward you know from from this thing uh, onward and um yeah so so my sympathies are with these people obviously um but but let's focus on 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 the positive element um and the positive element is that there's a lot of support for these um for these steps uh you know um such as taken by UAE uh, there's a lot of support for these steps um in the muslim world uh, the, the only problem is that many people who support uh, these steps they they are afraid to come out and you know be vocal about it because they are afraid of slamists they are afraid of being um, you know um, shamed by their own uh, friends and family and colleagues uh, because you know there's still a lot of um, uh, i mean there are there are many problems in these countries but one of the one of the core uh, problems that you know a lot of these muslim majority countries face today um, it is it is to do with radical islam and uh, the the political islam you know islamism um, Uh, and so um you know islamists do pose a threat in in these countries and so a lot of people who are supportive of of these steps you know uh, that arabs have arabs have taken towards uh, israel um they are afraid of you know coming forward and you know talking about it being vocal about it um but they do uh, quietly support uh, you know these uh, these uh, steps um i mean just uh, you know i'll, I'll just you, just give you this one example of a very personal experience of mine um since this ue uh, deal took place with israel um i have had so many people uh from pakistan from india from from um uh, several other uh, you know uh, countries where there are uh, you know um, where there's a significant uh, number of muslims living many people have sent messages on 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 you know uh, different platforms telling me that they support this um you know this idea of normalizing uh, with israel they support the step that ue has taken um and um they are all for it they they completely support it but at the same time a lot of these people also said to me that you know what but we cannot say this um openly we cannot be vocal about this because we are afraid uh, for our lives uh, we are afraid that we are going to be shunned we are going to be shamed um and um, we don't want that to happen and so we cannot say this uh, very um, publicly but we are telling you this thing privately that we support this there 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 have been tons and tons of people sending me such messages so um yeah so so i think that's very important um and you know as long as islamists are uh, you know um have have this street power in in these countries um this will obviously this will be a trend which will, you know which will continue um luckily you know uh, countries like uae where there is no democracy uh, islamism uh, does not appear to be um such a big problem um but uh, in countries like pakistan obviously islamists pose a significant threat and uh, most people are just afraid to you know uh, talk publicly about such uh, stuff which is like 
considered sensitive stuff, uh, you know, in, in a country like Pakistan. So, um, but anyway, I, I, I salute these people who's, who, who do uh, still have the guts to come up to me and tell me that they support these steps. I, I salute you guys. Um, and I completely understand why you cannot um, say that publicly. But uh, hopefully, uh, there will be a time in the future when you could come out and say it publicly that yes, you do not support the destruction of Israel. You support Israel's right to exist just like any other country has a right to exist. So I think that is very important. And I, I'm, I'm really hopeful that in the near future, um, we will reach a point when um, you know people living in these backward third world countries, they will um, you know find themselves um, secure enough and safe enough uh, from the Islamist threat uh, to come out and say this. So um, anyway, uh, this was it for today, guys. Um, I'm going to be back very soon with uh, some more stuff to discuss. Take care. Bye-bye.